millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. My name's Dean. I used to be a ranger of... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Great Smoky Mountains National Park located in Northern Carolina. I was guiding a group of Spanish tourists and none of them knew English. Our communication was more than terrible. I left them near a river returning to base. Two hours go by. I returned to see if everybody was fine and if nobody was lost. We went back to a safe place. The afternoon was turning into night, and being there would be extremely dangerous. We arrived, and one of the tourists told me that we'd forgotten somebody, a young woman with a notebook. He told me she was trying to collect some data about birds and insects. Immediately, I went to search for her. I took everything I had before going. I told everybody to stay there, then I'd be back in a half-hour flat. The forest was dark. The insect noises. I heard her distressed call near the river. I arrived there, and she was being attacked by bats. I grabbed my gun, firing several shots into the air. The bats fled, and the woman had some superficial bite wounds. She panicked and fainted. I waited for her to recover, 
then took her back to the safe place so I can get her first aid. We were walking. She was having some difficulties, even if I was helping her. The forest was dark and suddenly began to rain. As we walked harder, some hours have passed and we had arrived. The other tourists were waiting for our return and became shocked at what had happened. I gave her first aid. All the tourists asked to get back to the city. I told them that would not be possible in that condition. It was raining a lot, the track was wet, and we would all probably suffer accidents. I told everybody to sleep, and when the morning appeared, the young woman was dead. Her body had more wounds than last night. An old man had some bite wounds on his left arm and did not wake up. His wife had tried to wake him, but when he finally woke, he had a severe heart attack and died. The old woman in tears, the other two tourists tried to calm her down and ask me what happened. After hours of searching, night came, and this time I was completely alone. Five years of working as a ranger of this park gave me the knowledge to be prepared for anything or so I thought. At midnight, I heard a strange noise sounding like a huge airplane or something. I decided to go see what was happening. I arrived and saw something that nobody would believe in my words giant bats, and I'm not talking about regular bats. These were massive, the size of humans, and what's worse, as I saw them in the light, they were human hybrids, part human, part bat, and they were devouring the body of a wolf with hands and claws and a face that looked like a demon. I panicked, running faster than I could. These things saw me, flying off in the sky and taking my direction, almost trying to catch me. The woods were dark, and my light only prevailed through so much darkness. I entered a small cavern that would provide me ample coverage. I guess you can call it a cavern. It was more like a little outing in the wall. But they were flying in the air, looking for me. They looked like large, deformed black dogs, taller than humans, red eyes, and long tails. I shot at one of them, and they came screaming in my direction. I waited for the right moment to run, returning back when I had arrived. I could still hear them flying around in the distance, I told everybody to keep quiet, immediately radioing my boss, telling him we have an issue. He asked that I speak with him in private as it sounded like he kind of already knew what was going on. When I spoke to him, he threw some paperwork in front of me and told me to sign it. It was an NDA. He looked at me and told me, this is not going to be the first time you have to sign these. Better get used to it on this job which is why I have to be very careful with my identity. At the beginning of this story, I told you my name was Dean. Obviously, I'm sure you've already guessed that's not my real name. It's merely a placeholder. I guess there are several other rangers who have seen these same bats. What they are, I'm not sure. Could they be the elusive bat squatch? Possibly. But they looked far more hideous, and unlike a bat squatch, they were not covered in hair. They were far worse. Unfortunately, not always as it seems in these national parks, and many of these things were told to keep quiet about. All I can say is for anyone wanting to venture out at night, be very, very careful whether you're in a national park or not. My husband now X and I were hiking cross country in Oregon mostly following a creek bed that didn't seem to be used much, if at all, by other hikers. When we came around a bend in the creek, 
we saw something that seemed quite tall. Maybe as tall as a moose, but not a moose. At first I thought it was a bear standing up, but it was moving away from us, going in the same direction as us across a rocky creek meadow that had opened up suddenly and that also had several boulders strewn about. It looked over its shoulder briefly during one of its strides, like a nonchalant or natural action, not a craning of the neck or anything and continued on. It was almost like its head automatically turned slightly in the direction of the back swinging arm. It seemed I could make out arms swinging, but I admit my mind was whirling. It was not a moose. The face was flat, there was no rack or anything animal looking about it. It then turned away from the creek bed and went up the mountainside. Although I got the impression that this was not a last minute, panic decision because of us. Just that it was continuing on its original planned course, very leisurely looking. It mostly went straight up very easily and just barely cutting across the natural slope. Either this thing had been right in front of us for a while, moving along the same creek bed, or we caught it just having come off the mountain or just having started to move off at that point. It seemed more like it had been ahead of us the whole time, which was a creepy feeling. Anyway, I had not been looking for any footprints. I'm a rock hunter and had no belief or interest in Bigfoot at that time. Details of location and terrain are few, but I have seen elk, moose, buffalo, and grizzly bear in various other treks. This seemed at first glance and without much to use for scale to be much larger than any of those and appeared to be on two legs taller than it was long or wide. I only got glimpses of it as it went around boulders, trees, etc., and I did not attempt to get closer. We immediately headed back the way we came and spent one uneasy night in the wilderness before getting back to our car probably about a six-hour hike in. I do know I forced my husband to put as much distance as possible between us and the thing that night. I even forced us to go on in the dark using flashlights as slow going as it was jumping at every cracking tree limb and every rustle of a bush. That's it except for the one other thing I did notice before I turned and scurried away practically knocking over my husband in my desire to run. I grew up in a house where my backyard was a huge forest in rural Illinois. When I was a kid, I loved being outdoors and would take every possible opportunity to run amok in the woods with my best friend. When we were younger, 11, 12, we stayed closer to the house and the outskirts and climbed the trees. As we got older, 13, 15, we would venture deep, walking and swimming in the rivers and building little forts. When I was 16, the forest was roped off and closed off to the public as a company had began illegally dumping lead or mercury into the woods, but that's another story. It was the middle of a hot summer and I was about 15 at the time. Dusk was approaching and my friend had to go home for dinner, but I wasn't quite ready to leave. We parted ways and I climbed up a tree near my favorite spot over the river. Now these woods backed up to a local gun club so it wasn't uncommon to hear shooting. However, this gun club was contained in its own private property and the members never ventured out into the forest. I sat in my tree for a little bit and ate the blackberries I'd picked earlier while watching it get darker when I suddenly spotted movement out of the corner of my eye. At first I assumed it was a younger deer because it was larger but not huge, but I quickly realized it was a man 
He seemed to be in his late thirties or early forties, and he wore a black t-shirt and camo pants with creepy, wiry facial hair. He was skulking like he didn't want to be seen. I thought this was odd, but had no intention of making my presence known since something felt wrong, and being a fifteen-year-old girl alone in the woods, I knew I was at a disadvantage. I slowed my breath down and watched. At first he didn't say anything as he walked around the base of the trees. It was around that time that I realized he had a gun slung over his back. Once he got near the river where my friend and I had been loudly goofing off maybe ten minutes earlier, he started calling out, Hey, anyone here? Help! While grabbing his rifle. When there was no response and no noise, he gave up after a few minutes and began walking downstream. I waited until it was pitch black before sliding out of that tree as quietly as I could, running home and having my parents call the cops. They never found anything. I could never bring myself to go back. My name is Officer T. Williamson, and I'm currently an officer in a small town east of Phoenix, Arizona. My encounter involves an online report that I had read from a man who goes by the name of Ken. The report detailed how he and his family have been being harassed by what they believe to be a demon for almost three years now. Mr. Ken begins the report by describing the very first encounter he had with this evil entity, which occurred back in the fall of 2013 at their home in Arizona. While nobody else was around except for his wife, who at the time was taking a shower, he explains that out of nowhere, he hears her scream from upstairs. So he runs up there to see what's wrong, only to find her standing there frozen with terror written all over her face, staring into the nothingness. When he asked her what was wrong, she described a tall, dark figure standing in the corner of their bedroom right outside of their bathroom door. Mr. Ken claims that when he looked in the same corner, all he saw was a pitch-black void where the figure had been standing, which caused this intense feeling of dread to come over him, made him feel as if death were staring him into his very soul. He told his wife there's nothing there, let her out of the bathroom for fear of her safety, after she clearly voiced concern about going back into the room, and with it still being very present, she had a hard time even going back in there, just turning off the shower. Ken then explains how throughout the next three years, this entity would go on to harass the family, manifesting in just about a different form every night. Whether it be the same dark figure or sometimes this evil-looking gnome creature with red eyes, and another time he claims it appeared as a spirit made of pure fire. He said that although nothing ever physically happened to anybody within the house, everyone has experienced scratch marks, cuts, bruising all over their bodies for no real reason at all, all happening at separate times. Ken, too, claims that whatever this thing is, loves to stand outside the bathroom door while people are showering and appears to be immune to things like crosses or crucifixes or even holy water. Going deeper into the report that I read, it didn't go into too much more detail about this entity. But from what Ken did say, it sounded like this was a type of spirit that takes the form it believes will frighten its victim, the most a shape-shifting spirit. That being said, if Ken's family has been dealing with one for almost three years, I would say they have done very well in keeping whatever this thing was harassing them away from harming anybody. I'm not sure why this thing chose to show itself now after all these years, 
but maybe something happened recently to make it think attacking them might be possible. It also makes me wonder whether or not whoever wrote this report actually recorded everything their demon did throughout all the years and left that stuff out when writing about it, just in case anybody reading it decided to call them out on their story. I don't think what Ken has been experiencing was either a demon or a bogart, but an entity that he and his family unintentionally invoked by possibly playing around with some kind of occult paraphernalia which caused a ritualistic nightmare spirit to cross over from the spirit realm into their home, which they then failed to send back. If this really did go on for three years straight, I would say whatever is going on with their house definitely falls under the paranormal category instead of something rational. Like waking up at night and scratching yourself with your eyes still closed because you were dreaming about scratching yourself, when in reality, you're just moving around in your sleep due to maybe a medical condition, or maybe even suffering from sleep paralysis. Sometimes you just have to take people who claim they are being harassed by something invisible with a grain of salt. I mean, even if it is real, there might just be some sort of logical explanation of what's going on that they possibly haven't thought of yet. I live in an odd little place in Appalachia that was supposedly carved out of the mountains by a meteor. There is a 360 degree view of mountains around me at all times. Well, when I was in middle school, I got really into mountain biking, it was the 90s, don't ask. So because I was so young and since my mom didn't want me to be on some random mountain path that didn't have anyone on it for months, she would only let me go on deep trail with the guy who owned the bike shop and was also a co-worker, as she was a teacher. Well, it had been months since I started doing weekly rides with the guy Joe was his name, and a few other guys he had rode with. We went up this place we called Lake Hill, as it was the road to the city's water supply, which was a lake-sized natural spring. We'd been riding for hours. I mean, like daybreak to probably an hour before dark. We just got to the point where we were going to turn around when we crest this hill and bam. There stands a dude, wearing camo gear, a yellow raincoat in the middle of summer, standing about 15 feet away from a four-wheeler, with a shotgun in his hand. Joe, who was the most athletic of us, was in front, I think I had gotten behind him, and there were two other guys behind me. When you're pedaling a mountain bike up a steepish hill, you're not looking forward, you're looking down or at least at the ground. You're studying where your wheel is going so you don't run over anything that might ruin your momentum. So when I ran into the back of Joe, I was kind of pissed. I looked up sharply and saw Joe, positioning himself between me and the dude. The man said nothing, not one single word. Not a word of comfort or compassion for the fact we just ran up on him with a shotgun. This is the South, people are hospitable. You don't see two strangers in a deserted place not say hello to one another. I swear it might be the fact I've played this event over in my head dozens of times and want to read in it what I think was happening, or this is really what happened. Guy. These mother f have just found me harvesting my pot. What if they tell the cops? Can I afford to take that chance? I don't know, there are a few of them. Shit, that one's a kid because I could see an edge of tension bleed out of his face when he looked at me. I swear it was him deciding to kill Joe, then deciding not to kill me. Joe, to his credit, 
positioned himself between the man and me the whole time. Eventually, the dude hopped on his four-wheeler, covered in plants, and rode away. I never will forget that taste of exhaustion and adrenaline as we came off that hill. Luckily in mountain bike riding the ups are the hard part. We were doing the fastest speed I still have ever done on a bike, while in the mountains. I'm actually feeling cold and nervous talking about this. I live in Marcus Hook, Pennsylvania in Delaware County. I went to college in Philadelphia. My parents moved to Florida a few months ago, but they kept their house here. So I'm living in it right now. The property is along the bank of the Delaware River. The river is 20 or so yards from the back door of the house. I had found a new job and I stayed up later and later. I was bored and with nobody else to hang out with. Most nights I would wind up outside in a lawn chair, fishing in the river until three in the morning. It was on a night like this when the first incident happened. I wasn't paying too much attention around me. I was watching something on my phone and my rod started bouncing around like crazy. I jumped up to set the hook jerking it back. The line went slack for a second and then jerked away. I figured I had a fish on, but when I tried to reel again it wouldn't budge. I thought maybe I was snagged, but then the line snapped away again. I'm not an expert fisherman, but the way the line moved was odd, not like a typical fish bite, but like something in the water was purposely pulling back on the line each time I did. It was almost like it was intelligent. I was a bit freaked out and I ended up just cutting the line and heading back inside. I told myself it was caught on a snag or something, but I suspected otherwise. A week later I had fallen asleep in my chair and I woke up startled after hearing a large splash in the water just a few yards out. The light from my back porch barely hit the edge of the water and I could see a series of rings spreading out from where something had entered the water. A new set of rings then appeared a few feet away and then again and again until they were out of sight. I was a bit baffled since catfish or bottom feeders seldom come to the surface of the water and they rarely jump. I grabbed my gear and headed inside, but in my groggy state, I left my cutting board knife and a fresh bag of bait. I used pepperoni for catfish sitting on the ground outside. The next day I realized what I had done and I went outside to retrieve it. Everything was gone. In the patch of dirt near where I had left the stuff I could see faint prints. Some kind of thin-footed animal with only two long slender toes had been walking through the area. I also found silvery fish scales that were spread sporadically around in both prints and the scales led straight back to the water's edge. I must admit that at this point I was a little bugged out. I didn't know what to make of the evidence, but I figured that any kind of call to the police was going to get me laughed at. I tried to find information on the prints online, but with no luck. I decided that I would give fishing a rest for a while. I needed to get better sleep anyway. I was starting to get tired halfway through the day at work. Two weeks went by and I hadn't been back outside to fish. I had started dating a new girl. Between her and work I pretty much forgot all about the tracks. But then the most bizarre incident occurred. I was fast asleep in the room upstairs when I was shaken awake by my girlfriend. She told me that my dog was downstairs barking like crazy. I'm a heavy sleeper and probably wouldn't have noticed but sure enough he was downstairs going nuts. 
Before I reached the stairs, the barking abruptly stopped, but then it turned into a low growl. I felt a twinge of panic. My girlfriend was behind me on the stairs and we crept down quietly. I could see the dog standing at the back door in a rigid posture growling at something outside. I walked quietly over to him and tried to calm him down. I was stroking his head when I heard my girlfriend let out a gasp. She was looking through the small window of the back door. I stood up to look for myself. Unmistakably, there were two bipedal creatures, no more than three feet tall, walking around my backyard. It was dark and the lights were off, but I could make out a pallid silver color to them. They had no eyes that I could see, but something like a fin was running along the spine of each creature. We stood frozen for a few moments watching these two creatures. At one point they ambled over to each other. I swear that they were making hand gestures toward the house. My girlfriend saw this too and whispered that she was going to call the cops. She ran upstairs to grab her phone while I stayed and watched for a few more minutes. My dog started barking again, and this time both creatures just walked away towards the river and disappeared under the water. The police arrived about 20 minutes later and looked around. They didn't see any sign of the creatures, but said that they had found some wet prints outside. They were the exact same ones that I had seen on the ground a few weeks ago. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since no crime was committed, they didn't seem too interested. But the officers took my report and told me to call again if anything else happened. So this was a month ago. I've looked online for any kind of information on these creatures, but I can't find anything. I haven't gotten a good night's sleep since and my girlfriend has refused to come back to the house. Do you have any idea what these creatures may have been? My event took place on 2021 at 18 in Denver, Colorado. In the two half years following my event, I have had a host of very strange phenomena happen to me. I have been shy about talking about these things, from what I believe is a result of my interaction with this object. The event started with me witnessing a bright yellow cylinder craft hovering above Interstate 70 just east of Denver. At the time I felt a sudden fear, but that feeling quickly changed to euphoria. I don't remember much after that, other than waking in my bed the next morning. About two months after my encounter sighting all of the moles on my body began to fade and then completely disappear. To date, five moles have completely disappeared and nine more are in different states of fading. About five months after this event occurred, all of the hair on my arms and legs began to change to light blonde in mass. I have medium brown hair and am only 31 years old. Although I originally considered premature graying, I began to notice the individual hairs changed color from the root upwards. And when the hair started to change, it took about five days for the complete hair change. 
the top of the hair fading from medium brown to reddish to blonde. So it was not as if it was growing out this color, and no amount of sun exposure has ever caused lightning like this on me before. Also, the hairs that have changed colors have actually changed in consistency. They were originally a medium coarseness, and now they are feather soft fine. About two months ago, the spider veins in my legs began to fade, and now one that I have had for about seven years is completely gone, and another is fading rapidly. Since this has occurred, I have had dreams almost nightly of entities who talk to me and claim to be intelligent species from somewhere else, and they keep trying to give me strange information I don't understand. I woke up a few times and caught myself uttering some language that I have never heard before. But I have ruled out speaking in tongues because it seems this language seems to have structure and form. I also have feelings of hot and cold in different parts of my body. I get pulsating feelings on the bottom of my feet up my legs down my arms and on the palms of my hands. Sometimes this pulsating becomes so intense it is painful. I have also felt this heat pulsating feeling right below my eyes, between my eyes, and in the front of my brain. I am very upset and confused as to what is going on with me. I live on the back of the ranch where I work. I got the job in college and I've graduated since, but working the olive orchard or vineyard since has been pretty gratifying. My first year living on site, third year working there, I got really drunk and drove the utility vehicle I'm responsible for out into the enchanted forest. This is the place the cows run off to when a bad rainstorm comes through. The ranch hand before me took off immediately when my boss told him to move out so I could take over, and when I did so there were 15 head of cattle. I was on top of this number and counted them each and every day I fed them. Some calves had come in, so the number had jumped up. But the point was that if something happened to a particular cow, I would notice by the end of the day and could search for her or him, if it was a bull. Anyways, I'm toasted and enjoying revving this Kawasaki mule up and down the different hilly sections of the far end of the ranch by starlight when a shit ton of vultures burst into the air in front of me. I screech to a halt as a horrible smell fills the air and find myself staring into the maggoty eyes of a recently dead cow. She's still got flesh, so she hasn't been dead long, but I don't recognize her from the small herd I deal with every day. There's a thick scent of death and something else in the air. I leave the headlights on the mule running and circle around her with my LED flashlight and see a huge, sickly flesh balloon dropped out from between her hind legs. Working on a ranch, you get used to death because it's a huge part of the whole thing, but the strange smell behind the familiar scent was this pouch coming out of her containing her stillborn fetus. As best I can figure, she had died attempting to give birth after the herd had rejected her following her isolation from them during some kind of sickness under the previous ranch hand's term, something he had never mentioned to me or my boss. The smell was worse the next day when I used a forklift to carry or drag her into a shallow grave in order to dump lime all over her. But stumbling across her while chasing a stargazing spot is forever etched into my mind. During the summer of 1989, my girlfriend and I decided to take a few days and go visit my mother and family in Spokane, Washington. 
We lived in Southern California and I have driven north to visit her a few times. I usually stick to the main interstates for fear of running out of gas. Anyway, on this particular drive, I decided to take a shortcut through Oregon to try and save some time. I saw on the map that Highway 97 would be a good route to take. I knew that Bend was a fairly good-sized town with services if I needed them. The night was beautiful with a little moonlight, so I opened up the moonroof on the car so I could peek up at it from time to time. The road had tall timbers on both sides and it was pitch black beyond them. My girlfriend was asleep at the time, the road took a slow curve to the right. I was probably driving around 50-55 miles per hour, when suddenly to my right my headlights lit up a huge hairy creature. It was walking upright on two legs and heading the same direction I was traveling so I couldn't see a face. I could make out its height of about 7-8 feet. I had to look up out of the windshield at it. It had reddish, dirty brown hair, broad shoulders and a short neck with a rounded head. I quickly put my foot on the brake, hoping my taillights would give my a view from my rear view mirror, but it didn't work. I took the next turnout which was a few hundred feet down the road. I woke up my girlfriend and told her what I saw. At first she thought I was kidding around until I turned the car around and went back to see if it was still there. No luck, it must have got spooked and made off into the woods. I'm an avid hunter and outdoorsman. I know what bears and elk and moose look like, and this was neither. I know what I saw, and it was him. I will never forget that night. When I tell my friends of the story, they believe me, because I'm a very trustworthy guy, and I don't make up stories for the hell of it. I lived in a rural area, though it was fairly close 25 miles to the nearest city and maybe 10 miles to the nearest town. One day I was riding the bus to school and saw an odd collection of trash, a mannequin, shopping cart and tarp hanging from a tree in the woods to the side of the road. A few days later I noticed it was gone and figured somebody had cleaned it up. Things got weird when it reappeared on a different road after a week or two. This happened a few times over the course of a couple months, and I didn't tell anyone because it sounded a bit crazy. Really late one night, I was watching TV and my neighbor's dog started barking. This isn't unusual, but the nights are extremely quiet, and I heard an odd rattling that eventually sounded like a shopping cart. I turned off the TV, hid under the blankets and watched a disheveled person push a shopping cart with a mannequin in it past my house. This was during the middle of winter. It's bitterly cold, the wind is deadly and feet of snow are fairly common. There was zero chance anyone would believe me so I never said anything. Fast forward several years later and I was home from college for the summer. My mom is an adult protective worker and tells me about a referral she got involving a schizophrenic homeless guy who pushes a mannequin his wife, apparently around in a shopping cart. This was in the city. But she then tells me he for some reason walked all the way to my area and lived in the woods for an entire winter eating roadkill and God knows what else. My old man served in the Royal Navy and Merchant Navy. He told me about these access spaces that ran through the ship. One ran the full length of the bulk carrier he was on in a storm and some poor sod had to do down there to do something. They opened it up and there's lights all along it. 
As the ship flexed in the storm, they could see the lights at the end disappear and reappear. Wasn't exactly a rush of volunteers to go down there. He always said that St. Elmo's fire could be quite eerie when you saw it on another ship. Worst he ever told me about was when they got a mayday call from another ship that was on fire. They were the nearest and responded, but were a good 48 HRS away. The radios died before they got there. No one survived. Me, my father, and uncle were out one evening hunting during the early archery season. This is southern Indiana, so you can certainly get in areas very far away from other human beings. But this is not like being in remote Montana or something. We, we had hiked pretty far back into a big valley. People imaging Indiana as flat, but that is northern part. Southern Indiana is very hilly and rocky. We saw nothing and began to head back. At this point, it was dark, and we were about halfway up the valley. Once we got to the top, it was a much easier walk that eventually connected to a fire trail. I want to repeat, I am sure there is a very rational, boring explanation to this. Well, we are walking, and all of a sudden there was this noise behind us. I can't explain it. If you talk to people who spend a lot of time in the outdoors, they can all tell you weird sounds you hear. I mean, it happens. What made this one so weird is it was unlike anything we have ever heard. It was loud. Very loud. The best we can describe it as was a horrible screech with the mix of a growl. I can still hear that noise in my head today. It was genuinely terrifying and in the woods in early archery season can be very noisy. But when this screech or growl happened it got quiet. Maybe that was just our brains focusing on the unusual noise and ignoring the standard forest background noise. But we all remember this noise and how it echoed through the woods, and it sounds so unnatural it sounded. It sounded angry. It seems like I'm rambling, but I just can't tell you how terrifying this noise was. Nothing in any horror film or sound effect has come close to replicating that sound. There are no words to give it justice. This is when shit really hits the fan. The second this noise happened, we all of course froze. I was young, but still had spent quite a bit of time in the wood. But my father and uncle have spent a lot of time in the woods, and it was very dark and my uncle was just barely visible in front of my and my father and our headlamps glow. But I remember we all froze in fear, and he turned back to my father Mimi and asked, what was? And in the process of him saying that we were all three turning around back towards the noise. You have to remember this all happened very quickly. In reality from the time this awful noise happened and we turned around it had been maybe five seconds. But as we all collectively turned around there was this bright flash of light. I know how insane that sounds and to this day when we tell this story people usually start to smile or laugh. But I am as serious as a heart attack. As we turned around, there was this sudden flash of light in the treetops. It was bright and covered a very wide area. It lasted a second or two, and it went pitch black again. It was just like the cliché. All three of us with zero words began to run. There was not yelling, no pause, nothing. We all three just ran as fast as we could. My father even started pulling at me up this steep incline but none of us spoke a thing until we got back to our vehicles. Now I do not believe it was a UFO. Should I honestly do not believe in UFOs at all? 
There is no road in that direction, but we like to think that maybe the conditions were just right and some large vehicle on a road nearby had their lights hit the treetops, or maybe it was like somebody with a flare or some shit. But we have all been in the woods and seen cars drive by, many with their blinders on to watch for deer, and this light was not like this. It was sudden, bright, white, and was in the treetops. I mean, as batshit as this sounds, it was like those cheesy UFO movies where the alien ship hovers and shines a big light from above. I am not saying that is what it is, but that is the best way to describe it. We have honestly spent over 10 years running through scenarios, and even though my brain tells me, dude, this shit happens, do not fall for this. It was just an unusual set of circumstances, and in the darkness your brain put the pieces together the best it could. There was no creature or UFO, but it is hard sometimes when you replay that event in your head. If it had maybe been the noise or the light alone, I think we would blow it off, but it all happened together, and that is what really sticks with us all. I'm going to be that old guy telling this story with the young people mocking me and I can't blame them. I would too, but that does not change what happened and what I experienced. I'll start out by saying that the small town where I grew up, and where all of my family still resides, is in Monroe County, Ohio maybe 20 minutes or so outside of Wheeling, West Virginia. I was talking to my dad on the phone the other night. He told me that last week while driving home from work, he came across something he can't explain. His voice was shaky, unlike I have ever heard him. He works the night shift at a local coal mine and while driving home from work early one morning around 5.30 a.m., he noticed a large creature crouched down in the road. It had bright red glowing eyes that looked directly at him. He said this creature also had very large wings which were wrapped around it as it crouched. He said he had never in his life seen anything like this. It had really upset him. He proceeded to drive by it, but when he looked behind him, it was gone. He said that he was actually scared to get out of his car when he got home in fear that perhaps it had followed him, or was even in his car. After a few very tense minutes, he slowly got out of the car. There was nothing there. I asked him if he had ever heard of the Mothman. He kind of paused, then said that he had never heard of it until he started talking to people about what he had seen. He said that they would say right away, it sounds like you saw the Mothman. You hear weird stories all the time, and because you don't really know the person who witnessed it, you just shrug it off. Knowing my dad and what a logical thinker he is, I believe he encountered something supernatural. He is usually the one who tries to come up with logical answers for things that are otherwise unexplained. He's very skeptical when it comes to aliens, UFOs, ghosts, etc. For me to talk to him and hear him tell me about this Mothman-like creature was shocking. For this is not like my father. I will say that I am concerned, for what I understand is that when a person actually witnesses a Mothman, oftentimes bad things happen afterward. There isn't a doubt in my mind that what he saw was 100% true. It has completely made a believer out of me when it comes to the Mothman. I hope for the sake of my father and my family that that isn't true, and that he made a mistake of identity. Hey everyone, so just to kick off, 
I am normally super skeptical of anything paranormal, and I don't believe in ghosts. But I moved into an apartment ten months ago and strange things won't stop happening. To start with, I went out of my way to find earthly if that's the right term. Explanations, but I am at the end of my wit and thought that maybe I would post my experiences here, and people might help me understand what's happening. So a bit of background. I moved to Lisbon, Portugal last year, and I found an apartment in an old building. I think it was built in 1890. I live by myself and I have never had a supernatural experience before this. All these events happened over the course of the 10-month period, but I think if I just bullet point everything that happened in chronological order, it's probably the most simple. I was in the bathroom and I hear a bang in the kitchen. I go out and see that my bananas that were on the kitchen shelf had fallen onto the floor. I hadn't touched anything in the kitchen for a couple of hours, but I figured they may have just been unbalanced and fallen. I am working at my desk in the living room and the mug in front of me starts moving by itself and then even changes direction and starts moving towards me. My reaction was actually like, this is cool, what's happening? I initially thought that it was to do with a condensation trail from the mug, but when I picked up the mug it's bone dry, like I had had a cup of tea the day before and not cleaned it up yet. I tried banging the desk but I couldn't get the mug to move at all. I woke up and saw a girl at the end of my bed. A girl I was dating was staying over that night, so I assumed it was her and that she had woken up. I asked, are you all right? And she didn't reply. I repeated the question and still no reply. So I reached over to tap her on the shoulder. And when I started to lean across, I realized the girl I was dating was still asleep next to me. A hit of adrenaline suddenly filled my body and went from being half asleep to wide awake. I was thinking, if she is here, who is at the end of my bed? Even at that moment, I was thinking I must have dreamt it, but I looked up and the girl was still there at the end of the bed. I stared in disbelief and her figure just slowly faded away. I was left stunned. I knew I had been awake the whole time because I had taken my retainer out to speak and it was still in my hands. I had started feeling uneasy ever since seeing the girl, and at 2 a.m. in the morning I heard a bang in the kitchen. I had to really build myself up to go out there, and I had convinced myself I had probably heard something from another apartment. But when I went into the kitchen, a load of cans from the middle shelf, the same one as the bananas were on the floor, and everything on the shelf had been knocked over like someone had swiped it with their arm. At this point, I started telling people about these things at this point which is kind of a weird feeling as an unbeliever. I tried to make an explanation for everything that had happened, but I couldn't really come up with a convincing story. I realized that a few things had gone missing from my apartment, like a few items of clothes and a small ball I used to help to stretch my foot. I look everywhere in my apartment, which is really small, but I never find anything. I also found a human scab on the floor. Super disgusting, I know. I had no scabs on my body at this point, and my only explanation is that maybe it stuck to the bottom of my shoe, and I brought it into my apartment. I also find hairs on the floor that do not belong to me. I hardly have any visitors, so again this is quite a confusing thing to find. Everything then kind of settled down for a bit, and then last night and I had another thing happen. 5. 
This morning, my jogging bottoms, I think you would call them sweatpants in the States, were on the floor and were soaking wet. At first, I didn't find this really weird, but then I started thinking about it. How did this happen? I was wearing them yesterday, so they were definitely dry during the day, and nothing else in the apartment was wet. No leak from the roof, the floor around them was dry, and there were no drip marks. I even checked the sinks in the shower, and they were completely dry. Even the non-paranormal explanations I could think of made me feel uneasy. I realized my door wasn't properly locked last night. Could someone have come into my apartment, wet my pants, and then left? I am sleepwalking. The jogging bottoms smelled just of water, but they were completely soaked like they had been submerged in water. I just can't think how it could have happened. I am actually moving out of my apartment really soon, but this whole experience has left me creeped out. Maybe there is a logical explanation for everything, but I am struggling. What are your thoughts? What should I do?